Streets and Scholars. Alex Alonso posted up with Frank Thornton, a.k.a. FG, a.k.a. the Eastside General. What's going on, man? Oh, man, just taking it easy. How your day going, Alex? Hey, man. Episode 12, you you got the whole thing going because the conversation I had with you kind of inspired me to just randomly talk about this dude, Miko Worldwide, way back in May. That was in May, man. We brought that up. Yeah. Episode 12, everybody. Go tap in. Episode 12. Then we followed it up. I don't know if it was this, the next episode or the episode after that where I corrected a mistake that I said in episode 12. Because mm. I don't know if you remember, but I originally said he pled down to just sexual assault. Right, right, but right. it turns out he just pled down to aggravated assault. No doubt, no doubt. But at this point, you know, I mean, the whole nation is talking about it, man. So people are really coming out with the facts of what really happened back then. I think everybody's pretty uh, clear on what happened in 2018. But he also has a sexual... Sexual battery arrest in 2012 that was dismissed. Oh, okay. So, so my whole thing is um, in 2012, you got a sexual a battery arrest. And in 2018, six years later, you have another sexual arrest, even though it pled, pled down. Uh, is that a red flag when, when a person has two sexual arrests, even though they might end up in lesser offenses? Oh, no doubt, man. You know, but at the end of the day, when we go back or when I went back and I start just looking at everything about the dude, man, you know, the dude is what he is. He's a sexual predator. You know what I mean? Whether Ooh. it's whether, whether <laughs> and when I say predator, I don't mean, you know, uh, just all about kids or nothing like that. It's just, you know what I mean? He have a couple sexual uh, situations that he was actually in court for. So if you was in court for two, that means you committed a 10, you know, at least, you know what I mean? And that's just my opinion. That's just yeah. coming from me and my opinion. So I ain't going to sugarcoat the shit with the dude, man. It hey, is what it is. Hey, I got to I gotta be a little bit more delicate when it comes to shit like this. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm not going to call him a predator, but definitely you have two sexual-related arrests within a six-year period from age 21 to 27. I got issues with that. Just that, but you know, I'm not going. He's not in any sexual registry of, um, database. He's not considered uh, as we would do here in California, be in Megan's law. But you know, if he would have did that Georgia crime in California, because we got 18 as the age of consent, there they got 16. He would definitely be in the Chomo database. Well, I mean, I'm not going to just say it ain't even about the Chomo part. You know, when I say predator, I mean predatory, period. You know what I mean? In a sexual way. You know what I mean? Whether it's uh, female, male. Or, but at the end of the day, man, a lot of his sexuality is coming out. And that's the thing about this whole situation, his sexuality. You know what I mean? And he's lying so much about it, the things that he got involved in. You know, nobody know what to believe. Now, you know, he's been taking a lot of heat. And, you know, the Internet is, I would say, is, un, is, is not forgiving. No, no doubt. It's a few people out there <laughs> taking heat right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's getting to him to a certain point because he's having somewhat like what we'd call meltdowns. Uh, people say he's crashing out. And the other day when he when he flew back into Atlanta after he did the paperwork party, which we're going to talk about. But after he came back from Vegas, where he did that paperwork party. Mm -hmm. He's in Atlanta driving around in his fancy yellow Corvette, and he decides, you know what, pull up on me, pull up on me. He goes live, and he's telling everybody, if you, for everyone who's threatening me in my DMs, and you don't like something about me, pull up on me. In fact, let me just play a little clip okay. and, and, and get your feedback on this, because it's a, little, it's a little wild, man. Let me see if I can cue this up. Let's see here. Uh, this guy goes live on Instagram. And Damn, here we go. Crazy, man. People so scared. How you doing? Where are we at right now? Tell the people where we at. 
We in the bluff, baby. That's it. We in the bluff. Yeah. You know the fucking vibes, man. We in the bluff right now, man. Come on, man. Hey, I don't expect the nine to fivers to do anything. I expect the hustlers, drug dealers, and killers, people that was in my inbox telling me you're going to do something to me to be up right now. If you just a nine to fiver, I don't expect you to be up right now. You good. But if you a hustler, drug dealer, killer, and you talking shit to me, come on, there ain't no cameras around here. We in the bluff right now. Come on, there ain't no killers. Or, there, ain't, there ain't no cameras around here right now. Come on, come on, come on. Pull up, please pull up. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. I just got off the plane. I had to pull up. Come on. I just got to show y'all what's up, man. Come on, please. I'm begging you. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Let's go, please. Look, y'all see the vet. Y'all see me. Come on. We outside with it. Come on. <laughs> All right. I think we get the, the point on that. And this is a video that actually lasts for about 19 minutes while he's posted up in the hood in Atlanta, man. What's your whole response to this craziness? Well, this is the thing about it, man. You know what I mean? First and foremost, I don't have nothing personal against this dude. You know what I mean? We brought him up put the information out there, set the tone for what it was. At the end of the day, he set the tone up for how guilty he actually is with his responses. He's going around every neighborhood and made numerous videos about why he should and shouldn't do. He's, 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 he's basically turned this into a clown show on his own with his responses. This shit that he's doing, I'm over here in the bluff, I'm over here, here. I'm a, dude, I could pull up anywhere right now and say I'm over here right now <laughs> for 19 minutes and yeah. nobody will pull up, man. You know what I mean? Everybody ain't patrolling the hood 2, 3 in the morning, midnight. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, it's really like if people pay attention, this dude is showing his hand on something is wrong. You know, I'm not even going to, you know, accuse him of nothing any further, but something is wrong, man, by his responses. And you can see that this dude is, like you say, having a meltdown. He's, he, he don't even know how to respond. I think it's also dangerous for anyone who's his friend or anyone who's in his family that hangs out with him who might jump in that yellow Corvette of his and hang out for the day because now he's, he's not only putting the target on himself, but he's also putting at risk all the people who hang out with him or who's in his family. And at some point, somebody will pull up. No, no doubt. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that he might understand that his situation ain't a pull up situation. You know, he ain't gun nobody down. He ain't whoop nobody ass. He ain't pistol whip nobody. You know what I mean? He got some cases where his name was tarnished. You know what I mean? I looked at him in a certain kind of way because a 27-year-old with a 17-year-old, I looked at you a certain kind of way, homie. You know what I mean? I don't care if it is legal in Georgia. So he don't have a situation, Alex, with somebody out there really just trying to probably gun him down. He might take an ass whooping or nothing like that, but he don't deserve to get... You, you feel me? The whole squad come through. And so so he can get away with shit like that. Yeah, but what about when he says, fuck in New York City, fuck China Mac, fuck all you niggas. Y'all ain't going to pull up on me. What about when he starts to take it there, though? Well, he's in Atlanta. You know, he's at home. He, or he's wherever he's at in the bluff. You know what I mean? And he very aware of his surroundings. This dude has been around multiple cities, uh, um down in the Dominican Republic and Colombia, he's not no stranger to moving around. Shit, he's been here to Compton, L.A., Los Angeles, Watts. He's not a stranger to moving around. So, therefore, I think he's wise enough to know how when he moves, he knows how to move. Talk his shit for 30 minutes to an hour, and he going to move out the way. So, you know. All right. Well, I want to also talk to you about 
paperwork and what a paperwork party is because I don't think we've ever seen on the internet someone get checked for their paperwork while the guy who's in question is standing right there in front of the people doing the paperwork check or paperwork party. Uh, I think this is a term that a lot of people were unaware of. I remember when I put it in my title, someone hit me up and, and was like, that's not really a real term that's to put party. And I'm like, I think it is, but hey, we got FG here to tell us what this term and what it all means. No, it's definitely a real term. You know what I mean? Sometimes dude he used to meet on the yard or meet in the day room, you know, and what you do is you bring in your paperwork. You slide it to the right, slide it to the left. You know what I mean? And everybody gonna check everybody's paperwork. You know, we gonna get this shit straight today. You know what I mean? Make sure you have all of your paperwork. Come through what you got if you don't have it all, and we gonna make a determination in, in right here in this full room, you know. And you're gonna get your ass whipped right here in this full room if something's wrong. You know, but most people who show up to the paperwork party with their paperwork are usually the good guys that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I can't say that I wasn't disappointed in the two homies that was saying they was from Paru, you know, which I'm not disputing that, but saying they was giving this dude a paperwork party and didn't know what the fuck they was doing. You know what I mean? They should have read all these documents. They seen street TV when you put it out there. They heard streets and scholars when we discussed it. You know what I mean? That was that was that was that was some bullshit right there. <laughs> I'm straight up, straight up. Okay, so so when when you're looking at someone's paperwork, what needs to be in the package of paperwork? What so so that you can make a determination on whether this guy is good or not good? Well, let me tell let me be exact. You know, state paperwork is different from federal paperwork. Federal paperwork, I want to see your court dockets, your sentencing transcripts, your plea agreement, your judgment and commitment, your you know uh, um. It's a numerous amount of documents that you can have or don't have, and you can still slide by. I could look at a dude court document and see how many case, see how many times he went to court, see what's under seal, see what's not under seal. If I bring you my uh, court docket, nothing on my shit isn't gonna be say sealed. I can bring you a homies that I got, you know what I mean, or, or and uh, it's gonna say sealed about six or seven times. What's all this shit under seal? Bring me your plea agreement, you know what I mean. Your sentencing transcript's gonna tell it all. You know what I mean? Not to mention um, this other documents that's going to state whether you got a 5K1 or a Rule 35B, and all this shit is going to determine, you know, um, how did you get the sentence that you got? You know what I mean? Now, uh, I want you to explain for those who are not aware of the differences of what it's like to be in the state and what it's like to be in the feds in terms of paperwork check. Uh, is one, one institution more strict than the other? No, I don't think one institution is more strict. I always say the uh, state is more physical, you know what I mean? It's just in the feds you have more, probably more access to tools as far as uh, law libraries and things of that nature. Um, I'm sure you got these tools in the states. It was a long time when I was in the state, but back then it was word of mouth. You hit the yard and somebody said you was fucked up. You was going to get it, paperwork or not, you know. The feds was more or less like, no, we need to have paperwork on this dude in order to enforce you know, to smash and get him off the yard. And the state was different. If somebody said you wasn't right, you was getting smashed, it didn't matter, you know, so that was what the difference. But somebody could be lying as well. But at the end of the day, one thing I know about gangsters is two things they really lie about. Two things that, two rumors that don't just float around on your name when they're not true. That's if you're a homosexual or you're a rat. You know what I mean? So somebody hit the yard, somebody say do the rat, it's it, it gonna get smashed it's gonna get answered right now you know so okay so 
So when it comes to paperwork in the feds, does every inmate that hits the yard have to show it? Or is it only those inmates where there's a question mark over their head? No, let me tell you how it's ran. You know what I mean? Because I had the opportunity to, you know, be at the forefront of the blood car when we was in a certain federal institution. And when you hit the yard, you know what I mean? We're going to find out where you're from. Oh, blood hit the yard. Paru hit the yard. I'm going to come talk to you. Or one of the homies is going to come talk to you. When you get to that unit, somebody in that unit is going to talk to you. We're going to know everything about you when you pull up. One thing about prison systems in itself is it, it's, it's smaller than people think. So if you did some telling, somebody going to be the note before you even hit the yard. When you pull up and you say your name, whoop-de-whoop, somebody already knows something about you. How, how you from a hood or how you been banging or how you been, you know, from L.A. and don't nobody know you. You know what I mean? So, but at the end of the day, this is how you, this is how you do it, Alex, or this is how I did it. Say if I got to interacting with a homie to hit the yard, two days he been there, make sure he straight got soap deodorant and toothpaste and all that. Day after that, I'm going to go take him my paperwork so he can read mine. Without him even asking for Without it. Without even asking for it. I'm going to go take him on and I'm going to be like, hey, check that out. I'll get it tomorrow. So that means when you get your property, when you get your paperwork, I expect the same out of you. If a dude denied to read your paperwork, mm -hmm. that's when you start, you know, your, your, your eyebrows start, you know, your hairs on your chin start prickling up, you know, like, why wouldn't this dude take my paperwork? That's because he probably don't want you to read his. That's a hell of a strategy right Shit. there. <laughs> and, 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 just on, and if you don't just grab it and be like, okay, homie, yeah. you know what I mean? Then that's going, I'm on you, you know, the minute you act funny, oh, no, I don't need that. Why don't you need it? Well, maybe that's a way of him saying, oh, no, I trust you. I heard about you. I've heard good things about you. Your reputation precedes itself. I don't even got to read your shit. I have had dudes say that, though. But these are dudes who we know who they are. You know what I mean? So I've had that. You know what I mean? But it's also dudes that hit the yard. You know what I mean? Like when, when Deuce John from 2Ps hit the yard. You know what I mean? Which is one of my closest brothers now. But I didn't know the guy at the time. When he hit the yard... I got his full resume as soon as he walked in the child hall. You know what I mean? That's dude's John. He been down 10. He for Pacoima. He's solid. A1. Rider. You know, bam. You know what I mean? Didn't have to ask him for no paperwork. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, when we got tight, guess what he did? It wouldn't even take long. Guess what he did? He slid it. That go my work, homie. You uh -huh. know what I mean? You know. And I denied it. I got your resume. Is that right? Yeah, I got your resume, <laughs> homie. You know what I mean? So you just you use the line on him, the same line that would would be a red flag if they used it on you. No doubt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and uh, but like I say, you know, he had been down, he had been to numerous institutions. You know, even the Crips was telling me who he was. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, um, that's how that works. It's usually the new commitments, you know, that you really want to check up on and see what's going on with their case. You know, see how they got 10 or something, see how they got the dub. You know what I mean? Of course, somebody come through there with 30 years. I mean, that don't mean they didn't tell. But at the same time, you kind of less likely to just push on them. You know what I mean? You know, you got plenty of times. You're not going nowhere no time soon. We'll figure it out, you know, so. Well, Boxer just did 30 years. And he's a, 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 the probably the highest of the high informants that you could even come up with. No doubt. But at the same time, Boxer was strategically placed on certain yards. I'm sure he wasn't at Folsom B. I'm sure he wasn't at Pe uh, that one yard at Pelican Bay. It's certain yards Boxer didn't touch. You know what I mean? For specific reasons that he wasn't the last of 10 minutes on those yards. Yeah. Not that he wasn't a gangster in his day, but don't get me wrong, there's other ones out there too, you know. Hey, um, I know you probably can't speak on the Compton Crip business, but this is just a general question that was inspired by my interview with Gangster from Santana Block. Mm -hmm. He was talking about informants 
and I believe I asked him uh, a question about paperwork, and he said when he hit the yard, nobody asked him for his paperwork, and, and I think it was because his reputation and his name, especially in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, was so big that I think no one dare ask Baby Gangster for his paperwork because everybody knows what he's about and, and what he's done already. Well, you know, I was on the yard right next to Baby Gangster, and he was at the one, I was at the two, you know what I mean? I remember he got over there, you know what I mean? And, of course, I think Baby Gangster went in with a dub. You know, he came through with a dub. You know, when you got dudes like him, um, dudes that have been putting in work, dudes that solid got a solid reputation, dudes have been selling work for 100 years, you know what I mean? I mean, you come through with the dub, homie. It's more like, it's like damn near like you want. You know what I mean? So people probably, it, it probably wasn't a question about it, you know. He'd been to the state, you know what I mean? I never forget Buntry telling me a story about when him and Gangster was in the state, you know what I mean? And so his reputation did proceed itself as far as being a rider. But, um, but at the end of the day, if it was any red flags, I mean, you know, somebody would have said something, you know. But it was still, say, say if an L.A. Crip would have said something. They would have put it on the Compton car to check it, and the Compton car might say, no, nah, that's gangster. We ain't checking shit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's a whole nother situation. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know. Um, and, and can a person that from in your example, the L.A. Crip that says something, can he be disciplined for even questioning the status and the reputation of somebody who's already a proven rider? No, nah, he just got to be ready to step up to the plate to, to, to put that force down. You know what I mean? I had a situation, man. We had a situation where, you know, we played the Crips in basketball. We played the Crips in football, you know, and there's one dude on a team that was an athlete. You know what I mean? So he had a situation where when he somebody said he, that he wasn't right, the homies all of a sudden said he wasn't a Crip. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no, he ain't no Crip. He from, he from somewhere, Kentucky or somewhere. No, no, he didn't play in too many Crip basketball games, too many Crip. For fuck all that, if he, if he a rat homie, y'all need to get on that. And they said, he ain't no crip. And I said, well, fuck it, he ain't no crip. And I got on the case, I, I pressed him. Damn. You know what I mean? Pressed him. You know what I mean? And, and went to his unit, straight up. Told him, hey, man, hey, hey tell, tell dude FG out here. You know what I mean? He's like, what's up, homie? I said, man, nigga saying you hide, homie. You a rat. I need to see. He said, who the fuck is you? Damn. I said, I'm the nigga that's going to do something about it. You know what I mean? And he sent his paperwork to the PO, checked all his shit. He wasn't hot. He wasn't, you know what I mean? And uh, and uh, we was cool as a motherfucker. Now, do you get upset when someone gave you information that turned out not to be, you know, accurate? No, nah, no doubt, but it came from some pretty kind of decent sources where you had to check it, you know what I mean? I just didn't like the way they switched up and said he wasn't a crip at this time, you know what I mean? And, um, and um, but like I say, me and dude ended up being cool as fuck. He, he's a solid dude, you know what I mean? But but that's how I was, and, and technically I was in crip business. I shouldn't have been, but at the same time, once y'all said he wasn't one, he can't live here if he, you know, and he didn't function with us in sports and did other shit with us, you know. It, you know, that's just how it was at at the time, you know, how I was pushing it at that time, you know. Now, was you offended by the guy that, he, the people he's hanging out with, isn't it their responsibility to check this guy if there's a question over his head that he's hot? No motherfucking doubt. And because they said, oh, he ain't a crip, therefore, basically they're saying, we don't really care if he's a snitch or not, right? I mean, you you get that, but like I say, it's all depending on what the certain somebody that's going to do something. You know what I mean? And at the time, that's how I was feeling. Maybe they played me. 
maybe they knew since I was inquiring about it, you know what I mean? They they might have, they might have, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, they might have tricked me. You know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Hey, no, no, F gonna, F gonna push it. You know what I mean? Because back then you still had to understand we were still black though. You know, and we talking about on the yard with, with, with you know, a, a thousand people on the yard, it's 150 blacks. So we was family with the Crips and with the Bay Area, even though it was a different entities we was we was we was one to be honest with you you know what i mean so in that situation you know just more or less like like i said i had been told on i was freshly told on a lot of people who've been down 10 15 years already they didn't already went down that road and did all that. i'm fresh in so i'm i'm tripping you know what i mean so it could have just went that way you know and i guess when when people are in the feds that are there because of an informant because someone snitched on them like you were in there for you're going to be more sensitive to these issues because there's some people that are doing some fair time that has nothing to do with snitching. No, no doubt. Hell yeah, no so, doubt. They so they're, not gonna, they're not going to ride on anybody over snitching, most likely. I mean, they would, but it ain't as, it ain't as fresh as mine was and the, the, the steps that I was willing to take. You know, it took me three or four or five years before I had to get to the point to where I was around snitches. When I dropped to a lower level, this is where they live. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they shouldn't get all the perks that living the good life in the fizz just because they, you know, so you got to learn how to just don't fuck with them if they ain't your people. And even on those level, it gets to the point to where if a homie come through, if he's not a homie, it's not my business. You know, I had to grow up, you know, get a little maturity and understanding that, you know, if it ain't my people's, I, got, I can't, you know, get into other people's business. You know what I mean? Now, earlier you said that uh, some of the documents that you need to look at is like your sentencing documents, your plea agreements. And when we was watching this this paperwork party on the Internet, the only document that these two brothers were looking at was a motion that this guy's own attorney, defense attorney, filed to the court. Nothing in terms of the, the, the law enforcement action towards him was part of this paperwork. Would you let that slide that it's just the motion that the defense attorney filed? Not at all. I mean, let, let, listen, if you don't come with at least your, see, and I also forgot the PSI. That's called a, a pre-sentence investigation. And in that PSI, it's going to tell you a whole bunch of information about your case, you know, um, how it started, the effects of everything that transpired in the case, what kind of, um, are you working with the, um, you know, authorities in any kind of way? You know, you have so many different documents, but that document, no, nah, hell no. Nah. He wouldn't have made it with that, you know. And I have had people bring me paperwork, that, did, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, it wasn't enough to convinced me that you wasn't a rat, you know. So so what do you do in those situations where the paperwork is lacking? Give them a chance to get it. We'll see the one thing about it, what the the feds end up doing was stop letting paperwork come into the, into the prison. They'll search yourself, find your paperwork, make you send it home so you wouldn't have yours either. You had to do with different things to disguise it and mix it up with a whole bunch of other legal paperwork. So it got hard. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, it was still ways because of the we can call home, give somebody somebody name and they can go out there and run it in the street. Like if I was in the pen and I call Alice Alonzo, hey, Alice, I really need to here go 500, man. If you, I need to see if you can find some paperwork on this dude <laughs> and you go do it for me. You know what I mean? And 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 mail it to you say if you mail it to my house, I have, you know, somebody from 20s go over there and read it. That's reputable. And they give me the word back and say, look, I just read the paperwork, homie, this dude file. That's enough for me. Yeah, you don't, so you don't have to physically see so it. I don't have to physically see it if, if somebody reputable say they read it, you know, from the streets, you know, or got the documents, you know, I'm going to push the line. Or it's a whole bunch of other dudes that's going to push the line, too, you know. 
Hey, what do you think about this whole uh, internet social media era where people actually attempted to conduct a paperwork party on camera on YouTube as a video? <laughs> well, the thing about it is, dude, bro, for one, what was you going to do if it did say some foul shit? Was you ready to turn around and bust this dude in his mouth or to go the distance to discipline him if it wasn't right or stab him or whatever it was if it wasn't right? That's for one. For two, we can't even read the documents that you're reading. You didn't, you didn't put the camera down and okay, say, here, this is his PSI. This is a pre-sentence and investigation report. This is his court docket. This is his sentence and transcript. This is his plea agreement. You didn't do that. You went on there, man. I, I, man, I'm, I'm so disappointed. I'm just leave it at that. <laughs> if they would have called FG, I would have told them straight up, homie, that's not enough information. You know what I mean? And, and, and not to mention, Miko ain't no paru. What the fuck is y'all doing? You know what I mean? So I, that's the only point. I, I'm like, listen, homie. Back to minding our business. This dude ain't no paru. This dude ain't from Compton. This dude ain't from Vegas. Get out this man business, man, and, 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 and it really made them look bad in certain areas because the internet, one thing about the internet today is these people who's in these comments, they going to light your ass up. If you, you know, anything faulty, they going to light your ass up. <laughs> and, and I think they're already doing it. <laughs> right, right. So it wasn't nothing for me to say because the internet is going to do it. You know, you got to be thorough out here. You got to like... You know, you could be a clown, just be consistent at being a clown. You know what I mean? You could be this or be that. Just be consistent at whatever you're doing and cut the line out. You know, just keep it 100. The people people, people will respect you, man. All right, man. Um, I mean, we've probably been, been talking about this dude a little bit too much. The whole Internet is already just flooded with talking about this guy. I had no expectation that our little episode 12 of Streets hey. and Scholars that dropped on May 5th would snowball into the most trending topic on the internet. No doubt, but this is the thing about it. This is what it's about, though. You see faulty shit, you call out faulty shit. You know what I mean? And it's not about so much um, trying to break a guy or trying to uh, uh, cancel a guy. It's not about that. It's about when you come with that bullshit and then you come to our town with the bullshit, then we're going to call it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely... I'm concerned about this guy if he was around me or around people I love or in my community. He has two sexual related arrests within a six year period. And also we haven't even talked about it all, which we didn't even know. We didn't mention this in the in the uh, May, May 5th, episode 12, is that he actually has a law enforcement background. Well, there's a thing about it. I'm going to be totally honest with you. None of the things you said concerns me or move me even the because like you say he wasn't um convicted of of, of sex with a minor in 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 the state of georgia consent is 16 you know what i mean he so he wasn't convicted of of, of, of statutory none of that's on his record he's not in the megan's law none of that what he is to me is especially when he came to compton and he was around some of my homies you know you's a buster though it's not even like you know gangster you know you ain't know none of that you a YouTube dude that got some fame and shit. You're going to different hoods and shit like that. And I just feel like L.A. shouldn't have bid on it. You know what I mean? You don't just let no dude come up and because he on YouTube popping and cracking and, and got some shit like, you know, if he if he an artist or something, he a rap artist coming to do some music or something, that's different. But this dude should have never even been able to pull up. He wouldn't have just been able to pull up on me like that. I don't care how many viewers he had. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I do believe that people didn't know this until May 5th 
until Streets and Scholars talked about it and discussed this situation. So I, I won't blame everybody, Alice, because they didn't know. They wasn't informed. Yeah, because he did tap in, uh, Miko, that is, into uh, Compton in L.A., um, a couple months before we did that and, and did, I know he did a video in the sixties and he did a video in the fruit towns. I'm not, I think he did another one. I'm not sure, but that's the only reason everybody, that's the only reason why I spoke about this dude. There are dudes like Miko worldwide all over the country, all over the internet. I don't speak on them. Uh, I knew about him in 2020 when he got uh, arrested, but I didn't want to talk about the dude. I had no desire to talk about the dude. But then when he transitioned his YouTube channel into gang shit, right. I was like, oh, okay, this is the path. He, he's, he's in my lane now. Right, no, the, the originator. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he coming to your area. And I didn't mind. He's, he's, he's doing it. But then when he came to L.A., Compton, I was like, whoa, this dude has a, a background that I don't think the homies know about. Right, right, right. And it turns out that a lot of most of the country didn't know about it, which is crazy because this shit's been on the Internet for over two years, all this information was on the internet. No doubt, but who goes and looked up random people's background? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So just to be honest with you, people don't. So usually, even with all these rap artists and different, you know, Blood and Crip and Bay Area and, you know, New York guys and Chicago, everybody, when they get out here on this big scene, somebody knows something about them. And usually it gets to the internet. So we allow on the internet to kind of dictate what we know about a person, but in actuality, it's a whole lot of information that could slip past because everybody who says something is not going to get to the mainstream, you know, United States. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, last before we move on, um, do you think he can go to another hood, another city, and do a gang video? I think he could. Damn. Yeah, he gonna be able to go to some some hoods. You know what I mean? And I'm hopefully L.A. shut him down. New York shut him down. And I don't mean when I say hopefully, I mean just for, for one, you know, you're a liar and a buster. You know what I mean? But outside of that, guys are going to say, oh, man, you know, he, he it was whatever. You know, I didn't hit a couple 16 years before. He cool. He can come to the hood, you know, <laughs> and he's still doing views. You know what I mean? So long as sometimes these dudes are doing views or they got with this, this, this word everybody throwing around clout, yeah. you know, somebody going to chase it, you know. So he may have some action. Well, um, if he does, whoever that – city or whoever that group or gang will be they're going to get talked about because all them guys in riverdale georgia they're getting talked about because that's one of his last videos he yeah, did. yeah yeah and um and even the paperwork party video he posted that thing is getting oh, obliterated yeah yeah that was crazy right there. <laughs> and um you know no disrespect to the homeboy slim from fruit town pyro he's a good dude uh known him for some years but that's not the way i mean he admitted it when he came on my show when he came on street TV, he said, look, man, I, I've never done a paperwork party before. Even though I've been to prison, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't never done a paperwork party right, before. Right, right. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But just it's just weird that this dude was looking for validation through these two pyrus that agreed to get on camera with him. Well, I mean, he's looking for validation from a lot of people. And I'm sure 10 people turned him down before Slim and them said, OK. You know what I mean? So he's not just he he's looking for every bit of validation because he that he can. He even went on there with his, you know, you seen the clip with his attorney even sitting there. You know, he's doing an awful lot to try to for innocent dude to be. You know, if you if you innocent, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Fuck it. Fuck what they say. But 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 the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the paperwork. Just say what it is, man, and people still might forgive you if you just come clean. You know, and say what it is. Yeah, he can get away with. Um he can get away with saying he didn't do anything to an underage person because the age of consent in the state of Georgia is 16. He can't get away with that shit with me. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, now you kind of you he can get away with not saying that he's he didn't commit statutory rape in the state of Georgia. He can get away with that. Yeah. You can't get away with saying, man, what you didn't do wasn't right. I mean, was right, homie. So you still going to critique? You know what's crazy about what he did with that seventeen-year-old? It was he did it with another dude that was twenty-three. Right. So it's these it's these three dudes that is all getting down with each other right. in the hotel room. One guy's seventeen, one guy's twenty-two, twenty-three, and then Miko's twenty-seven. And it's like they doing a threesome or something. They, they ran a train on dude. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But this the thing about it. <laughs> this the thing about it. The dude, you know, the the other guy that was twenty three, you know, he took he told some shit. He told what happened. He told the whole situation. I think he threw Miko under the bus. No motherfucking doubt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He even talked about the sheets that he had to go throw away. You know what I mean? And the stitches the old boy had to get. You know what I mean? I'm talking about man. That ain't if if. if that's assault, bro. <laughs> you sexually assaulted the dude. Now, okay, in Georgia, it wasn't a minor. California, homie, that was a minor. And in my mind, it was a minor all day long. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, agree with you 100% on that. Uh, it ain't cool with me. Uh, I don't care what the, the laws of Georgia stay. Uh, a 27-year-old man shouldn't be running trains on teenagers. Nah, no doubt. Let's move on, man. Miko is piece of Fuck Miko. Let's move on. Guys. All right, man. Hey, an another story that we've been giving a lot of attention to the last few episodes here on Streets and Scholars is Mexican Mafia dropout. Mexican Mafia leader turned informant who dropped out back in 2002 and was a convicted two-time murderer. Looks like he's going to be a free man. He might already be a free man. We don't know where he's at right now. Um, but Governor Newsom turned it over to a panel of CDC fellas that decided, yeah, he's fit for release. And it looks like because Gavin Newsom cannot prove that he's a threat to society, it looks like he's going to be a free man. No doubt. You know, and I don't even know what to say about it, man. You know, Boxer, it's a disappointment you know, but it's also an educational thing for all the gangsters that's out there because he was with one of the top gangsters at the top level and he was really with the shit. He wasn't a hang around or he just wasn't a dude out there claiming Boxer was really with the shit, you know what I mean? You know, to the highest level, you know, and he turned informant, you know what I mean? He broke the code, you know, and he did, and, and he didn't just inform once, man. He went on a telling spree for 20 years. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I want to use Boxer. I'm ne never going to glorify this cat at all, you know. But I want to use it as an educational purposes to show people that just because you solid just, or, ha or was solid. Or used to be, right? Right, right. <laughs> just because you was a gangster, just because you was a killer, don't mean, homie, that your homeboy won't tell on you or, or, or wear a wire on you or get up on that stand on you. So all this, no, nah, I fuck with him. He's solid, man. Solid motherfuckers is telling now, man. And they've been doing it in Boxer is a is a prime example of that. Yeah. Um, he's one of the top. I, I think he's one of the top informants ever in the Mexican mafia. There are there are at least one or two other ones that told like he did. But from his generation, he is definitely uh, the biggest informant in, uh, you know, Mexican street politics. I don't think there's anybody that you could put above him in terms of the, the duration of how long he told right. from from 20, 2002 to 2022 he's been telling and at the level he was at when he decided to debrief he was at the very very top of the food chain well you know i read in the article that they don't believe that they they sent they believe that if he go get out mind his business he'll be all right they don't believe that somebody's going to search the country for him and try to um 
cause him any harm. I, I ain't gonna lie, Alex. I beg to differ on that. Well, hey, let's let's a- answer a few questions now. I did a live on this earlier this week, mm-hmm. and and I did a live for about an hour and a half just on this topic, and there were so many questions that was asked to me. Um, yeah, let let's answer a few of these questions and and let's see what you think about it. Um, for example. Does a guy like him need to go into witness protection or um, I guess the feds call it WITSEC, mm-hmm. um, but he's in the States. I don't know what the state calls oh, they it. Got few, uh, they got a few. Yeah, they got a, a few. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think a guy like him needs to go into something like that? I do personally. You know what I mean? To be personal, I think they need to protect him at all costs. Listen, Alex, while he was in jail, they used to book this dude in certain different prisons and certain county jails when he go through there under a bogus name. You know, they took extreme measures to hide this guy. You know, book him under fake charges. You know, they took extreme measures because they know how dangerous it was for him. The streets ain't no different. They need to take extreme measures because so many people are connected with people higher and, and higher ups. You know, so they need to take extreme caution to protect this dude. Or I, I just believe that somebody going to find him. Well, you know, I was listening to an interview that uh, Sammy the Bull was giving on his, on his channel and he was in witness protection mm-hmm. program when he first got out. But then after a while, he just didn't like it because of all the control. So he told the federal government, I don't need witness protection anymore. And he moved from wherever he was at in like the middle of Montana. Mm-hmm. And he moved to Arizona and he started selling ecstasy. Uh, no doubt. And then he was telling people that was giving him problems with his ecstasy deals. Do you know who I am? Right. I'm Sammy the motherfucking Bull Gravano. Yeah. So this guy did not even care. And for, I don't know, about four or five years until he got arrested again, mm. nothing happened to the dude. Right. Which I thought was crazy. Well, I mean, that still was Sammy the Bull. He still had a reputation for knocking shit down. You know, everybody know that he only got committed. He didn't tell every murder he did, you know what I mean? He was a professional, you know what I mean, at at, at killing people, you know? So, one, in that aspect, people were going to make sure that they'd be like, hold on, this dude is a a professional. For two, he was a mobster. Don't nobody have beef with the mob nowadays, you know what I mean? And the mob ain't shit like they was back in the day, you know what I mean? You don't, they still around, but you don't hear about them like that. I mean, the Bloods and Crips sort of then took over the whole country pretty much when it comes to gang shit, you know what I mean? But at the end, and with me saying that, um, that was also Italian mafia shit. So who was going to, you know, embed they self in some Italian mafia shit. You don't beef with the mob on the street like regular, you know what I mean? But the reason why I say that is because if he was, um, you know, pushing weight in Arizona and then using his real name, that will eventually get back to people in New York City and they'll be like, hey, we just got word that this motherfucker is in Arizona pushing pills. You right, but I mean, I I, I think that the um, Mexican mafia is a lot stronger than the, than the Italian mafia at this point in, 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 in day. This day and age, I think the Italian, uh, Mexican mafia is stronger than the Italian mafia. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's what I believe. Okay. So I believe that they'll take it a lot further to be like, dog, this dude did all this. And not to mention, um, Sammy the Bull told on John Gotti and, and a specific couple people. He didn't go on the rampage, I don't think, to tell on... Well, I think he took down half the Gambino family. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, To yeah, this yeah, day, yeah. The, he's on a list for yeah, the Gambino yeah, yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, he took down the And Gambino. he also helped take down um, Peter Gotti, um, which was his brother. Um, so he, he helped take down a lot of people in that family. So I don't think no matter how, right, 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 how many right. years it's been, 
he's still on the list for the Gambino family's hit list, you know. No doubt, but I mean, do you got 2016, 17-year-old uh, Gambino family gang members? This is what I'm saying. You still have that the 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 Mexican mafia in reach with the uh, Serenos, in reach with the Southsiders to put some shit down. You know, I don't think the Italian mob got that reach. I ain't saying they could, probably couldn't get it done. I'm saying at this day and age, I don't think they got that reach no more, Alan. I just always thought of the Italian mafia having more resources, more financial resources, making their reach much more thorough and longer than the guys in the Mexican mafia. Yeah, they got some money, but you know, they're, most of the guys are all in prison and um, the money that the Gambino crime family was making, you know, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. No doubt, no doubt. But I don't know what it's making now, but it's just interesting that Sammy the Bull could become a drug dealer in a whole nother state and do that for years. And then I remember he had a trucking company called uh, Moran. That was just mm. a fake company. That was his fake name, Moran. But he started telling people, that ain't my name. <laughs> That's not my name. I'm Sammy the Bull. So, uh, you know, I don't know how how thorough people are now, whether it's Mexican mafia, Italian mafia, Bloods, Crips, how they are about getting informants from the past. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to go back to prison for 20, 30 years. Well, you know, that don't mean Renee can't start getting back employed with the police, though. That don't mean that he still won't go on seminars for kids and go to go to you know, certain places and, and, and talk to the youth. And, you know, he still may have a path to making money through the through the police. You know what I mean? And if, if, as long as he's that close, I mean, you know, I just think it's a danger for him. I think if he don't go somewhere and lay down and, and don't make a peep, he'll be all right. But I really think that he, you know, you you the, the day and age now and they culture, I think they're going to try to knock him down. <laughs> yeah. Um, another question that I, uh, was given to me uh, yesterday regarding Renee Boxer Enriquez was, do you think he will do a YouTube channel and start telling stories? Because you got to imagine how many stories. This dude was a Mexican mafia guy from 1985 to 2002. And then before 85, before they made him, he had a whole prison career that went back to the late 70s to the 85. So this guy definitely has hell of a stories to tell. Do you think he'll show up on YouTube? You know what? It's highly possible. Sammy the Bull did. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He sit in the same room with Mob James. You know what I That's mean? That's crazy. And they on, on, on one of them shows. Yeah. You know, and and uh, for him to be that bold, you know what I mean? I, I was like, damn, you know? But uh, I don't think um, Boxer will do that, man. But but it's possible, shit. No, I think he he will pop up. I on just said it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say definitely... Uh, Definitely, we'll, we'll see him on the internet. I know he's going to try to do an interview. I'm going to try to get an interview with him. Yeah, I'm going to try to holler at him and say, hey, man, you got to come pull up and do an interview, or I'll pull up on you because I know you can't yeah, just move yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get that that first interview with Boxer. Um, you know, because I've kind of known him through the years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think um, I would definitely do it. I have no problem doing the interview. But guess what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about all that talent. I'm not going to let him just tell me a story about how he grew up. Right, right, how he stabbed 10 people and <laughs> shit like that. You yeah. Know, you tell about the rap part. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, me along with a whole bunch of other people will watch just based on, you know, me, I'm searching for the inside. I'm, I'm searching for somebody who actually comes out and said, I told. You know what I mean? I'm looking for, what, you know, what was they feelings? What was they, even like Sammy, but that's what made me watch his shit. 
You know, I wanted to know why you told. What was you feeling when you said, I'm going to tell? How did you look at yourself in the mirror after you done it, after you pledged your allegiance to this? You know what I mean? So it's definitely something I believe. You get a, you get that interview, it's going to be a million, million people watch. Hey, I think that Sammy the Bull said that he, they, the feds gave him information that John Gotti was going to throw him under the bus. And he figured that either um, they're going to get me or I got to get them. And he made a decision that was best for him. I mean, but that could be a way a whole, not everybody, but that could be a whole lot of a way a whole lot of people think, especially when they catching these cases and they got six, seven, eight people on their case. And they know such as John John going to roll. You know, Mike Mike going to roll. Let me roll first. But at the end of the day, that's not no fucking excuse if you, when you talking about this gangster shit. You know, so... I, you know, that would be the inside that would make me watch it because, you know, I know the uh, uh, boxer background, you know what I mean? To be honest with you, he, he, he told he got other allegations on him. I don't have no reason to, to want to watch your interview, but I would like to see what these dudes who tell him what they mind is going through when they sitting up here doing it, you know? Well, I think the same for Sammy the Bull and, and Renee Boxer Enriquez was that they thought they might have been they, they might get killed. Uh, I know that John Gotti may have been plotting. It might have been a lie. I don't know. You know, the feds have a way to make you think someone wants to kill you when they don't. No doubt. But we know for sure that there's dudes in the Mexican mafia that were going to move on Renee because he was out of control and and, and they were going to politic on him. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, obviously he didn't want to die. He didn't want to deal with the, the stabbings. So he checked out. And I think Sammy the Bull felt like, man, this dude... This dude, John God, he's gonna throw me under the bus. He, man, he might try to get me killed. So he did a he did a made a decision that he felt was best to preserve his life. Yeah, but you shouldn't get no pass for that. You know what I mean? Like you said, as long as you stay away, you should be cool. You know what I mean? But you come around, people are supposed to do what they're really supposed to do. You know what I mean? You took people's lives and then you want to turn around and tell on a motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that ain't that ain't cool. And a lot of these dudes getting up here talking about all this gangster shit they did. Then they done told on the motherfucker, this don't add up. You don't get a pass because you 50 or 60 now. You know what I mean? You know, we'd all committed dirt. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to pay for it one way or the other. You know, whether it's prison or whether it's, you know what I mean? But if they stay out the way, they'll be all right. And we shouldn't have any pity or sympathy on a person that, in Sammy the Bull's example, I believe he admitted to 17 murders. Yeah, 19 murders. 19 murders? Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, Renee Enriquez is a situation. He's found guilty of two, but he's done others in prison. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what his official number is. He may have said it in the past. Let's just say five. Right, right, right. Let's let's round it off. You know, five murders for him, 19 for Sammy the Bull. Is there any room for sympathy for these guys? Hell no, you know what I mean. So that that's why I say if you if you do get the interview, keep it gangster, go hard, get the insight. You know I know you are gonna be throwing ass hard or super, you know. But but uh, but at the end of the day, man, you know, I, I don't respect none of that shit. Just just to, for keep the record what it is. Yeah. That, that 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 snitching, and you was a gangster, you was a killer, you was a robber, you was a drug dealer. I don't have no sympathy for no rats of those natures. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, I got word that he heard our first episode where we talked about him. And if I remember correctly, he said something like we was a little too tough on him. <laughs> uh, from a guy that probably killed five people. Right, right, about right, right. We too tough. A, a podcast was yeah, too yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. I got another question here. Um, this is funny. Renee just turned 60 years old. Someone said that they really believe if, if he gets out, he's going to kill again. I feel like when you get to a certain age, 
that killing feeling leaves your body unless it's personal like someone does something to your kid your daughter you know your mom but at the age of 60 years old i I think that your ability and your desire to want to kill drop significantly you know what i i don't know but i can say at 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 at, from people i know that's damn near 50 yeah you know it's still there no, for you know. 50 still there yeah, i'm gonna say 50. Yeah, See, i'm not 60 so yeah, i can't yeah, really yeah, that's say. why i say you know for people that damn near 60 i mean damn near 50 is still um still there if need be i just think at the 32 years and all the disgrace that you put yourself through all the dishonor that you brought up your name you know um you may just be content with going to sit your ass down somewhere man and and just riding it out the rest of my life, watching the trees and watching the, getting some cool wind. I believe he would be content with that. You know what I mean? I don't gotta do, you know, like boxer to been through all that shamed his name, that shamed his game. You know, been through all he's been through to come out on some anything other than living my the rest of my life out peacefully. That's what I truly believe. Okay. Uh, another real good question is about how do how did I feel about his release, being that he's a two-time convicted murderer, and and I think that's a great question because most people convicted of murder twice mm-hmm. are most likely not coming home. Well, this is the thing about him. You know, the homie came home from two murders and shit, and I was happy to see him out. See, this is the thing about it. People pick and choose and shit about what they want and how they feel about certain situations. If it's their brother, their father, their uncle, their cousin, they happy to see them come home. You know what I mean? But it's the person who killed their uncle, their father, their cousin, their brother. They don't want to see him come home. You know, they want to see him rot in jail, get a life sentence. But you want your for you. You can't be you. You can't be hypocritical about it. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are going to come home for these murders, and you have to understand that you know and um so how much people, time did he do the, uh, the guy you talking about that got out for the two murders uh he did uh 28 oh wow yeah he did 28 but i mean back in the day you used to get that ya life though when you knock somebody down you 15 16 go do that ya life come home at 25 and now you're back home somebody else though they 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 they, they son's not never coming home again so they didn't feel that was right. They have since changed that law because they trying everybody as adults now. Yeah. But back in 89, 90, 88, 87, you was getting that YA life if you were 16 or under. You know what I mean? And going to do seven, eight years and coming home all day long. Okay, you so know? so your example is a little different because the guy was under 18 when he committed the two murders. Right. Well, one of them was. The one that did the 28, no, nah, he was grown. Okay. Yeah, he was grown. And he came home and... Uh, and uh, you know, was happy to see him home. But that's but like I say, everybody's happy for their people to come home. Yeah. You know, they're not happy for the person who did something to their people to come home. You know what I mean? So that's just how reality works. Now, even though Boxer did 32 years in prison, he didn't debrief until 2002. And since then, it's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, originally he had no plans to ever do what he did. So he would actually, if he never debriefed, he'd still be sitting in prison because they don't let Mexican mafia guys out. And he had 15 to life. So he was just going to get denied, 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 denied. I mean, he had six denials um, being an informant. So imagine just being a Mexican mafia heavy hitter. In fact, he might've got reindicted by the feds because a lot of these dudes in the state that are in Pelican Bay that are, that are um, documented Mexican mafia, they get 
they get indicted by the feds and then they move them to Florence, Colorado. Mm -hmm. ADX over there. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of these guys are never seeing the light of day. So um, some people feel a certain kind of way that he was able to, you know, become an informant and then get get his freedom. Well, I don't see how people felt that way because he was one of the best informants that ever did it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even trying to be funny. Yeah. I'm trying to say the man put in enough work for, I mean, goddamn, how, how, how wasn't they going to let him out? Yeah. Well, ain't that the reward for Taylor? Definitely. To get back home? So if, if that was the reward and he put down the ultimate reward, if he would have came home in 15 years, I wouldn't have nothing to say about it because he put his everything on the line to do that. See, that's what some people from the street don't realize. Bro, people tell for a reason. You know what I mean? Don't, everybody don't just tell for nothing. Some people don't want to be out. They can't leave their girl out here with no other men. They can't, you know, le go, you know, not be without money. They can't, certain shit they can't do. They can't not have no weed to smoke. They tell. You know what I mean? So, so Boxer, like I say, he he told the ultimate shit. I mean, shit, he was, he, he posed a God as rewarded. That's what telling does. You know, not saying that I agree with I'm just saying that's what it actually do. So if he would have came home after 15 years, I, I wouldn't have, to me personally, I wouldn't have said nothing. He chose to take the route he chose. Now, the family of one of his victims, he had two victims. One was a Mexican mafia uh, guy that was on disregard that he killed. And then the other one was a girl that was selling drugs that was a mom. Cynthia Galvadon, her family is still around. Her family goes to the pro to the parole boards mm -hmm. and they always request that this man do not get out. And right now the family is disappointed that Governor Newsom is going to let him out. Um, but there's really, I, I don't know what a family can expect. Um, they want him to sit in there for the next 20 more years. At some point, we all knew he was going to get out. Well, I'm going to go with what they said to not only their, that family you're talking about, but other people who was concerned as well. They literally said that they believed that he stopped more crime than he caused. Yeah. You know, and if, if, if that is true, by giving them the intelligence to shut down certain gang operations with the, with the, because they had the, the know-how and because they had the ability to understand what was going on within an organization, um, then some people should be happy if that's true. You know, this man stopped more crime than he caused. What are you for? Less crime or more crime? You know, we had to work a deal with this dude in order to shut down 100 more people from doing the same shit. We gave up one to knock down a hundred. You know, it's almost like that saying back in the Cowboys eight days. What was it? He say, uh, you got to sacrifice two homies in order for these, you know, fifty to make it. You know, and uh, that's just how it is. But usually, the 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 family of the victim doesn't care about none of that stuff. <laughs> they just care about this was my daughter, this was my niece, this guy is a cold blooded murderer. I don't care what good that this guy has contributed to society. We still don't have Cynthia. You know what? And I totally get that. I, I mean, I feel that 100%, you know, but those are for people who live regular lives, you know, because I'm sure it's a whole lot of ex-gang members that believe the same, that, that lost family members and understand the same thing that I understand. When you sign up for this shit, it ain't no guarantee that you're going to make it out. You know what I mean? And if you ever put some work in, if you ever did some dirt, you got blood on your hands, homie. So when you lose your loved one, I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. I'm not saying you're not going to cry. You're not going to miss them for the rest of your life. But somewhere in the back of your mind, us as members have to understand that this is what we signed up for and this is what comes with it, even with the pain. Definitely. Hey, somebody actually asked, do, do I think they're going to do a movie about Boxer? 
You know what? That could be a hell of a movie. I think with the books and all that shit that's out that um that uh they may pass on it, you know, but um I don't know because I don't know if they feel like they don't want to encourage people to be able to go out and do a bunch of killing and then come to jail, do a bunch of telling, and you go make it back home like he did. You know, that's not going to always work like that, you know. Well, I actually think that his story would be an interesting film and that a lot of people would check it out. And they could, they got all kind of messages that they could, um, you know, convey in that convey film. Convey in that film, yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, be, don't join gangs. No, or... you're right. <laughs> I know, no, it's, it's 100% positive, but, you know, it's, it's, his life was 100% negative. You know what I mean? So how much positive can you shine on shine on that? You know, because most of the movies and shit, you're going to put the negatives and then at the end, you're going to have some kind of outcome to make it positive, to make the, the movie make sense. Boxer's movie don't make sense. You know what I mean? He's still a, 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 a convicted killer. You know what I mean? He's still, you know, informant, you know, that that uh, heavy informant. Where's the where's the light at the end of the tunnel? You know, did he get out and cure cancer? Did he get out and invent something that we all need? I mean, you know, if, if, if you're not going to add nothing like that in the movie, I don't see where the happy ending come in at. Well, I guess the happy ending is that you could be, you can turn your life around. You can be a convicted killer. You can find God, because that's part of his story too, which is kind of interesting how a lot of people find God in jail. Right. Um, and then become a contributing citizen to law enforcement. It, it, it would be like a police movie more, more than anything, I, I think, because his story, half his story, half his career is working with law enforcement. No, no doubt. But at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, um, I don't know. Uh, for America, yeah, it'd probably be a great movie because, you know, they pushing, you know, the American way, the American dream, you know, helping, you know, law enforcement, you know. They could have used Boxer, some of his expertise over there. And uh, what was that? Was that uh, Evalde when all the some <laughs> cops were scared to go in there? <laughs> but um, I don't know, Alex, on that one. All right. Somebody um, wants to know, why would Boxer do an interview with Alex when Alex testified against him? Well, let me clear this up. I never I testified. Saw that shit. I, saw that shit. I, <laughs> I never saw testified that shit. against Boxer. I was testifying on behalf of my client boxer was testifying against my client mm -hmm. i was testifying on behalf of my client so what it kind of looks like is my testimony goes against boxer's testimony but that's not how it that's not how it happens in court my, i have a client my client is hiring me to do a job for him and then the government is hiring boxer to do a job for them which is te to testify against my client mm -hmm. so that's kind of uh <laughs> How it happened and and you know what i don't think boxer has any issue any problem with that he understands this is business he understands that um i'm against some of the things that he's done um and i'm going to defend certain dudes that i feel like need to be defended in court because man when they come in there with the los angeles district attorney's office with the lapd with the la county sheriff's department with the u.s marshals and you got boxer and then you got all these investigators it's like damn I can't win, right, right, you know, right. so, you know, I have no problem with trying to assist the little guy and trying to find a little bit of, um, you know, s success in a case. And, you know, we've had some success, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I don't have any problem when they have all of these resources available, because at the end of the day, it's about talking to that jury and getting that jury to understand something a different way. 
And that's what my job is. So, no, um, I didn't I didn't testify against Boxer. And I don't think Boxer would have any problem with uh, doing an interview interview with me because I actually know through through the channels, through other people that he ain't even tripping on that. No, no doubt. Like, you know, he had listened to our uh, episode of uh, Streets and yeah. Collars, you know what I mean? So Boxer probably can be the one that will definitely tell you that on um, that May 5th episode, you know what I mean? We talked about the Miko Worldwide thing, you know, because I'm sure he probably was listening. But on another note, Alex, I mean, you know, um, for me, I, like I say, I'm not a Boxer fan by far, you know what I mean? He was at the highest level of his gangsterism and he chose to fold, you know. Um, he could have tapped out before he caught them two murders, long before, you know, but the life he was living didn't allow him to. And that should be the lesson of some of these kids about getting in too deep, not even just kids, some of these gang members, about getting in too deep over your head where it's no turning around. Because one thing I know about the streets today is kids right now and some of these gangbangers, because you don't live on the turf, you don't live on the Ave, you don't live on the boulevard in your neighborhood, it's that easy to walk away. You know, or if you go get a job and start working and come back and tell the homies and the homies be like, man, you ain't been hanging out. Oh, look, homie, I'm working. I'm trying to take care of my son. The homies nowadays are going to be like, you know what? That's what's up, homie. You know, what I mean? it's not like back in the day where you was once you in the game, you can't get out. That's so not true nowadays. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you're not going to learn shit else from boxer before you get in too deep, man, tap out, walk away. You know what I mean? FG don't stand on Atlantic all day long. If G don't roll down Rosecrans every day, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I got to take my ass to work. I got to take care of my kids. My kids don't look at me as FG. They look at me as the, the, the mortgage payer. You know <laughs> what I mean? As the, the daddy, I need some gas money. Yeah. Daddy, am I going to be able to go to college? So that's some, some of the messages that we can learn from Boxer before you get in too deep. But I'm not going to glorify Boxer at all in no other light than that as he could be helpful to help me explain to these kids, you know, some shit that don't do. But on the real, you know, that's how I feel about it. Now, someone left this comment and said, um, he did his time, let him live. Um, do you feel that the 32 years he spent behind bars is enough for just um, leaving the guy alone when it comes to anything negative? Well, if he just killed two people and did 32 years and came home, then wouldn't nobody have a problem with that? It's about the people that he informed on. Yeah. The organization that he was linked up with. That's where the problem come in at because I guarantee we wouldn't if he wasn't as high as ranking as he was, he probably couldn't even make that deal. Didn't even have the, you know, the the information to make the kind of deal he made. And he'd probably be in there for the rest of his life. All right, man. Uh, we're about at that time. Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up, FG? Nah, man, you know, I'm just going to say, man, you know, Streets and Scholars, you know, we try to get it in about different situations and different, you know, topics, you know. But like I say, we can't um, let some of these guys consume as, you know, Miko Worldwide <laughs> chasing after you right now, Alex. You can't let him get to you. We got to move on. We didn't set the tone. The world is on his helmet right now. You know, we let that play out. But I appreciate all the listeners for tapping in with us. And that will wrap up another episode of Streets and Scholars. Please tap in with us, Alex Alonso 101 on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also tap in with my Street TV channel on YouTube. And I just created a secondary Street TV channel just for short clips. It's called Street TV Flicks, where every video will be three minutes or less. And make sure you tap in with F General One on his YouTube channel. It's FG Unleashed on his Instagram. It's F General One. And thanks for tapping in on another fire episode of Streets and Scholars.